Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Mutual Victory Christmas episode. We Our, like to talk about movies. We do. In our Christmas episodes. We do. We didn't talk about this last year. Last year was going to be a more upbeat. Mm. I mean, we talked about the movies we like. True. Oh, well, I mean, we did, but we also talked about the male crisis at Christmas time. Christmas crisis. Which is like still more upbeat than what's going on today. Today, we're just taking a big old dump fest. Oh, gross. Okay. Yeah. It's dump fest That's 23. Awesome. And mm. we are deconstructing a movie that for some reason has a big following around this time of year and in general as a beloved rom-com and and we've been shitting on this movie for a solid decade together we have and we we gave it another view last night just to make sure just to make sure yep oh yeah we were right the we whole were time. right the whole time we continue to be right we continue to be right <laughs> the movie in question is we're sorry but love actually sucks actually it does super sucks why and Mm -hmm. i had this revelation oh yeah one reason why i am just i get a visceral reaction Mm. there's gonna be a lot of reasons Mm. one of the reasons is this was a favorite movie of a former friend who had a falling out with and he loved it. <laughs> so maybe there's some sort of internal like, oh, that's, you know, mm-hmm. another reason why I don't like it. But I think that's like a bigger extension where it's like he liked it and he liked these things about it. And they happen to be things I hate about it. Mm. And the falling out was just like the icy on the cake. I think that him liking it was another notch in mm. the category of his faulty character. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I mean, you know, it happens. It happens. You know, not everyone has such impeccable taste. <laughs> I'm not saying we do. I say I probably like a lot of garbage. Well, the truth is, right, is like, I think that it's safe to say that everyone on the planet knows someone mm. who loves this movie. I think so. Who maybe even thinks of this as their favorite Christmas oh, movie. God. I know. So much fondness now, like, for this film. Where does this rank as far as like with the Hallmark movies? Oh, I don't think that it, it's in the same category. Because I think Hallmark those movies. are pu- the Hallmark movies are pure, and I mean this in a positive way. Yeah. Pure Christmas trash. Christmas cheese. Christ- <laughs> <a> big old <laughs> Christmas cheese platter. It's a big hunk of Christmas I'm cheese. I'm not saying trash is always bad. Okay. At all. There's just some good trash. Like Stephen King, when he... Gave the introduction for Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. He described, I think his mother said this about something where it's just like, there's good trash and there's bad trash. It's like, this is this is trash, but it's yeah. good trash. Like Predator is good trash. No. <laughs> no, it's a worthy try. <laughs> but no. You know, <clears throat> one of the main problems that I have with this movie is that it has nothing to do with Christmas. And... I mean, it... Really? Okay, go ahead. It has nothing to do with, no, like... It, it takes place in the jungle. Who knows what time of year it is? not Predator. Oh. Okay. Love, actually. Yes. Um, It's like, okay, so there's Christmas happening in the background, 
but it doesn't have anything to do with Christmas. And it doesn't even follow the thematics of Christmas of like hope and joy and renewed faith in one another and connection. Like, you know, people joke that Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie, is a Christmas movie, blah, blah, blah. No, it is. It is a Christmas movie. And it's a Christmas movie for a lot of reasons that are demonstrated that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. You know, love actually doesn't have anything to do with it, um, it other than this adolescent concept. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that Christmas has to be inherently romantic. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yep. And like, I don't know where we landed on, like how we got to Christmas is supposed to be this romantic Mm. holiday, like romantic in the like love, an entire movie called Love Actually, that only and always demonstrates the shittiest aspects of love I've ever seen in my life. Now, on the whole, yes, I think there was one plot thread that you could argue salvages any any bit of hope and we'll get to that we will yeah um is it because of the gift giving and like making like trying to make the the gift giving for especially like people in a romantic relationship meaningful like yeah, I don't know, Maybe. part of it i don't know you know i just like to me if if christmas was about being a romantic holiday we wouldn't invite everyone in the family over (laughs) for like food and games and entertainment. Like that isn't like you wouldn't do that on Valentine's day. It's true. Which is the romance holiday. Like you wouldn't be like, Ooh, everyone come over for a massive feast on Valentine's day this year. Like you go do a thing with your partner. And, and I also think that it adds to this, extreme loneliness that happens Mm. around Christmas time, which is for people who are uncoupled or people who are in not awesome relationships, deciding that they're willing to settle, Mm. to not be alone. Right. Relationship status alone, not like actually physically alone in the house by yourself, but to not be single during this romantic holiday it's so frustrating because it's not really what it's about no it's like why do we why is the there a pressure to either be with someone and make it romantic is it just because that's what we've been told is that what it is i guess just all swallowing this some capitalism malarkey (laughs) (laughs) um so this movie i mean we are bonding over this this comedian dustin nickerson did a bit and it's like, you know, you and your wife, like he and his wife is like, we don't bond so much as much over things we love. We really bond over the things we hate. Mm. We find the things we hate and that just brings us right together. So this is just, this is going to be a big old love fest because we're going <laughs> to hate this movie and it's just going to make us stronger as a couple. <laughs> you know, if so it's even possible. If you're not seeing this piece of garbage movie, it would be described as a multi-plot movie Ugh. where it's like- It's exhausting. There are- Eight plus different story threads. Yep. And you have to keep up with all of them. That like we follow throughout the movie that try really hard to be intertwined through either the relationship of all the characters and 
where their stories go and where they physically end up at the end of the movie. Like they really tried hard. Yeah. To like, at the end of the movie, they're all story points are going to converge at this like nativity play thing. And most, most of the characters end up there Mm -hmm. for a really forced reason. (laughs) Because we need to wrap shit up. I guess. Oh my God. We'll get to this. Mm -hmm. So there's right off the bat, too many story threads to follow. There's like, the IMDB says like, it's got eight couples or eight. And I thought I counted nine. Like there's the Hugh Grant prime minister. There's Liam Neeson Mm -hmm. uh, with the boy. There's Laura Linney's character. Yep. With uh, the dude that played Xerxes. Xerxes Uh, and Abigail Adams. The the Bill Nye character, the singer, the old singer and the producer. uh, Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson. Mm -hmm. So you got Trelawney and Snape. Kira Knightley and what? Kira Knightley and going on there. Yeah, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. Um, the horny Brit is the only thing I remembered about him. Oh right, right, right. Yep. And the Martin Freeman character, the porn actor stand-in. Oh right, right, right. That's nine. Oh wait, and Colin, Fer- the Colin Firth character. Right. That's nine. That's there nine. are nine mm-hmm. story th- threads to follow mm-hmm. in a two-hour movie. Yeah. It's two hours plus. It's like two ten, I think. That's too many. It's ridiculous because. I mean, it works. I mean, it doesn't work. But I think when you have nine story threads, you don't have to go deep at all. They it are is all... surface level thin. It's sur- surface level deep. And it's just a bunch of boring white people. It For the most part, that's it. Like, that. I, there was a moment where I was like, oh, right. This character is with that woman, not that woman. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the British male energy that's going on in that movie is the same Mm, like how is there really a difference between like yet another awkward middle-aged white man trying to have a romantic moment with his co-worker like and there was a lot of co-worker situations yeah there's at least two or three four was there yeah there so they were it was the guy that fell in love with his like housekeeper. Oh yeah, the that president, was... the prime minister. Oh, that's two. And right, then Laura Linney is three. Laura um, Linney is three. Uh, Snape and the Tartlet uh, yeah. is four. Um, <laughs> the Tart Goblin. The uh, what was the other? Oh, well, Bill were... Nye is producer. Like their friendship, right? Their friendship work is work together. oriented. But there was another one. Oh. Um, the porn people. Oh, yep. Like, so five out of nine, half of them are like workplace relationships mm. and like vague workplaces too. Yeah. That were just, yeah, didn't make any sense. So it was hard to be emotionally invested in any of them. Um, Every time we saw a new character group come back, I thought. Oh, right. These people are oh, in yeah, it. Yeah, they're in this movie. <laughs> oh, I yeah. I forgot about them. Haven't seen them in a while. Yeah. And. So, like, I don't know how you want to do this. Not coherent. Right. I mean, the the film isn't coherent. So, I don't even know how <laughs> we're going to break it down in a coherent way. Well, in the beginning, it starts off with the cheesy voiceover. Yeah. And immediately, I thought of uh, the movie adaptation with Nick Cage, because he plays a screenwriter who goes to a screenwriting seminar by a, a guy named Robert McKee, who mm-hmm. is a real dude, played by Brian Cox. And he wrote a book called Story. And... One of the lines Nick Cage says at the end of the movie, 
he's like, oh, no, don't use a voiceover. McKee would not approve. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a cheesy voice. Like if you need to have someone off screen telling you exactly what you should be feeling, that's that's lazy. That's like not good screenwriting uh, at all. Yeah. So it starts off with, now like the premise of the idea of the airports, right? Like people reuniting in airports. It made me think of Dogma when <laughs> Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are meet at an airport. And <laughs> yeah. They're like, I like coming here. This is good humanity. They miss each other. They... But though, but that dude doesn't know that she cheated on him twice. And he's like, oh, cool. But they're just so happy to be reunited and see each other uh-huh. that, that also all gone. I'm like, okay, I can buy into that sentiment. And then it just starts laying into like all these storylines. Yeah. Like, and they're just, there's just too many. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I mean, like when my first thought was, I don't know which one starts the movie, but we can start with Hugh Grant as the prime minister, the newly new prime minister of England. Like we see him go into 10 Downing street. And then one of the people that works for him is a young, dark haired woman who like, he has this flirtatious relationship. I'm like, didn't we go through this in the late nineties and decide this was a terrible idea? I mean, in the States, <laughs> like yeah. this is Clinton Lewitsky all over again. Ooh. This is not, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was icky and weird. And I would say... Icky and weird is the tagline for this movie. Icky and weird. I yeah. I would say that of all of the couples, that one felt maybe the most believable. Not that that's an awesome thing to say. But, yeah. you know, it was like, okay, mm. we. I think that we have to... We have to rem- think about this in the context of what the other couples are doing or how they meet or how they interact or something that makes, okay, the prime minister being attracted to this woman who works for him is mm-hmm. not a stretch. Like, that's no, not a stretch. It's not a stretch at all. Happens all the time. Happens Case all the time. in point. I mean, uh, in and not that I am Lewinsky in any gate. position to be defending anything about this movie or Hugh Grant. Um he did like get her transferred to another place because he was mm. having the thoughts. Oh yeah. So a borderline appropriate response and reaction yes. by one of the characters in yep. this movie. Yep. That was that an example true. of that. Like oh, that's good. they're clearly attracted to each other and he mm. was like, Ooh, it's this is idea. probably bad. So good thing there wasn't like a government shutdown. Like there was in the nineties, which is like, we got to get rid of everyone who's not paid. We're those hot young interns. Oh my God. Yeah. So I think that on the spectrum of awful relationships, that's pretty low in this movie. Like they're not, Mm. this wasn't the worst one. Right. Um, But it was super cheese-tastic, that whole storyline where like, he's a new prime minister, the American president is coming over. Yep. There's apparently like some issue of like being pushed around and I need to stand up to him. And then like he walks in on the president, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Macking on this girl. Who's clearly uncomfortable. Yeah. And then like, it's some sort of like meta where like, he stands up to him in this prep conference, but he's actually doing it for the woman. And it was just like, it was so cheesy. It like was for me, Independence Day level cheesy. Uh-huh. Where like, President Lone Star has to give a speech to rally the troops before they go fight the aliens. People love that. I'm like, this is, I don't, this is cheesetastic, which I guess is fine. Mm. But it's definitely not one of the better movie speeches I've heard in my life. And I thought it was the same kind of thing. I was like, these people are watching him getting their tears in their eyes and feeling very patriotic about Hugh Grant. I'm like, this is, it's it's kind of, it's flat and cheesy, but whatever. Okay, yeah. it's flat and cheesy. Yeah. 
Um, and this poor girl throughout the movie is fat shamed. Oh my so god! So many times. There's so much body. There's so shaming. much body shaming in this movie that every time I watch it, I'm like, I I cringe like multiple times at the comments that people are making and saying about characters' bodies. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I know. It's so dated. Yep. And yep. I'm just like, oh, it's horrible. This movie came out in 2003. Yeah. Mm-mm. Um. However, I will say that that story thread did have something in movies that I usually hate. And I didn't hate it as much. Oh. A dancing scene. <laughs> We're like, he's getting excited about whatever the hell he just did. He's just dancing. Now, for me, I think I didn't hate it. It's because he was just by himself and dancing alone. Mm. So for me, that felt a little bit more. Dancing with myself. Right. But then he's like dancing all around 10 Downing Street or whatever. And then it's like, I mean, I know he's going to be caught because that's a, this is a cheesetastic movie. So like where, what is going to happen? Oh, someone's going to walk on him dancing and it's going to be oh, quite embarrassing. <laughs> you know, my favorite part of this movie, What you spontaneously having a British accent throughout <laughs> the whole viewing of it. <laughs> that was the best. Yeah. And then the other cheesetastic pretty much ending where like they kiss, but then the curtain parts at the recital that they're at and the whole world sees them like, Oh, how you know, surprising. I, I want to say that the most tolerable mm. of all of these relationships was with uh, Bilbo Baggins and Judy. Is that her name? Yeah. I think really? her name was Judy. Oh, okay. And they, so like could have been, I, I don't understand the pornography piece. Yeah, I mean, this is just like, what was the budget for this pornography film? Like $15 million. And they're like stunt doubles? They're pornographic stunt doubles? I mean, you know, to be fair, I don't actually was paying attention. I don't know if they're just stand-ins for like the sex scene in the movie. Because like, I think when I, if I remember it right, they were always in like the same room. And I don't know if they were just like stand-ins for like the scene in this movie. Or it was, or what? I don't know. Yeah, because it doesn't make any sense. And they don't actually flush out these characters at all. But at least it's like, okay, you work together. You work together quite closely. Then they are attracted to each other. They eventually become clear that the other one is also interested. And it's cute. Like, But then it's like, she's like, all I want for Christmas is you. Yeah. End of scene. He celebrates by himself. Do we ever see them again? Mm, yeah, do we see them at the airport when like everyone meets at the airport at night after the, the, the everyone after the, the it's like the epilogue. Everyone's at the nativity and then everyone's at the airport. It's like the epilogue where everyone is someone is picking someone else up at the airport that was also a main character in this mm-hmm, movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're because it's like a week later, so it's like a New Year's or some shit. And sure, sure. Yeah, there we see them. They're together again. I guess I don't know who they knew. Someone else. Don't know how. Yep. yep. That was yeah. That was. But I mean, that's again. There but was they're... so little of it. There's so little we know about them. It was so paper thin and right. shallow, deep. Where it's like, okay, I guess. And the other thing too about this is that not only could we be like, okay, well, the characters don't really have large storylines because there's too many of them to have a large storyline these characters have zero arcs 
None.、Mm. There is no development, or there's nothing they have overcome. Like even in the storylines where, um, you know, arguably the best storyline with Liam Neeson and the son and、oh, his、yeah. wife had just died. Like there could be an overcoming of grief, but instead we double down on the level of. Of life or death, this middle school romance has that Liam Neeson pours himself into caring about. Like the eleven-year-old child has a crush on a classmate. We're not going to process any kind of grief,、mm. even though at some point in November the wife died, and it is now Christmas time, and everyone's just over it. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. We're going to pour、right. everything into a middle school romance, like which I mean, if you think about it, like is that. Helpful for Liam Neeson's character because it's like distracting, you know. If there was character development <laughs> and and an actual like build out of this plot, this、mm. particular, if there were four couples instead of nine couples,、yeah. like maybe.、Um, yeah, that's interesting. I I didn't even think about the idea of like no arcs. Like who has changed at the end of this movie? Zero. Who is different at the end than they were at the beginning? Besides, None humans. Besides. What they have, as far as like their relationship status, change, but like how are they different as people, or like how are they different for what they went through? Not at all. But I mean, you're right. This is the most redeemable of the arcs. It's the cutest. I found myself actually giggling at a lot of the interactions between Liam Neeson and the boy, you know, Qui Gon Jinn and Jojen Reed are having、yep. their cute little thing. And yeah, I found I was surprised about how many times I giggled. It was cute. I remember only, only cute part of this movie. Yeah, I remember thinking it was cute. Remember it being that, but yeah, I stand by that. It's still cute. Like I don't know why. I mean, you could have made a whole movie about that. Yes, because that would be love, actually, right? Like if the grieving widow,、mm. who I think it was mentioned twice that he was actually the stepfather of this boy. Yes, yeah. Like. That's an interesting other layer. Moves through and processes the grief of this woman that they lost by pouring themselves into this middle school romance and his his connection and commitment to take this as seriously as life or death, right? As he would a a, a friend who's falling in love and、right. going to get married, right? Sure, that could be an entire、right. movie because that would be like, I am your father.、Mm. I am. Surpri- like I'm supporting you. I am nurturing your quest for love. Actually, in this、mm. life,、yeah. it's the only redeeming part. It is. However, there's. It has the most egregious moment. I think, in my opinion, and I remember this the first time I watched it. But <laughs> I thought of something else. I mean, it's take this. This movie came out two years after nine eleven, and we're having a boy. Break through security, run through security at an air at a at Heathrow <laughs> to get to the gate to like say goodbye to someone. It's、Ooh. like there's so many things that piss me off. Number one is the lack of security. Now I don't know if the security what bananas anywhere else in the world like it did here. I mean I don't I don't know. So like I just made assumptions that like well maybe all airports across the world in Europe are the same as the U.S. Maybe not, and I don't know the details. Still thought it was stupid. And、um, the fact that this kid knew where he was going, yeah. Like I've seen twenty-year-olds at airports have no idea where they're supposed to be going. Yeah, we're related to one of yeah, them. Yeah,、uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I would say Abby can navigate an airport fairly confidently. The other yeah, two, yeah. But who can run at top speed in an airport finding a gate? Like there was. Didn't、no、we、hesitation. do that when we had a? 
in the same trip. <laughs> I mean, granted, I think I was taking the lead and everyone else was trying to catch up with me. Yep. But, you know, there was airport running. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was, I thought it was, I mean, I, silly. yeah, it, it's it silly. I mean, I mean, silly. Like, I didn't find it cute. I felt stupid. Like, if it could take place anywhere else in London that wasn't an airport, I probably would have found it cuter. Well, and it's also like, I, are you telling me that in order for this plot to be satisfying and this resolution to be interesting, that was the setting that was necessary? He couldn't right. have tried to track down her address and like go to the, you know, but I guess they did that plot with the whole Hugh Grant assistant thing. Like, right. where does she live? I don't right. know. I'm going to knock on all these doors. Well, it's like, and you try it. This is like the rings of power effect, <laughs> even though they're not related at all. We're like trying to create drama instead of, instead of like making either rational or decisions that make sense or characters that behave in a sensible way. Yeah. Or just letting their emotion, let them do things. Like, he doesn't have to run through an airport. He could walk up to her at the school after the event to do this thing. And that's something, like, I think everyone in the world who watched this movie could have, could draw on a similar experience. Yeah. Having to find someone that you want to confess your love to and being nervous about it. You don't need to add the drama of the airport. That's yep. That almost, like, it cancels out. And I think I had this thought watching it as well like since there's so many threads to tie up at the end of the movie like people made fun of return of the king none of them got tied up well like, people made made fun of return of the king when it came out because mm-hmm. it's like oh there's so many endings there's like an ending and an ending i'm like what this movie came out two months before why aren't we talking about the bazillion endings i'm like that we, we have endings. to tie up all these things and mm-hmm. yeah i thought of that because and watching of course the behind the scenes footage of Lord of the Rings, like I love to do, like deciding to move pieces from one book in t- that were in one movie to a- the next movie, even though they actually take place in the previous movie. They're like, why'd you move those events? It's like, well, if we have them both happening at the same time, there's too much. They cancel each other out and the audience doesn't feel anything. So we had to right. make this the climax and move this thing as happening somewhere else. And that was, I felt that too. I was like, there's too many things happening to end this movie, I feel nothing. I feel nothing. And I don't actually feel like anything was wrapped up mm. or ended. Yeah. So like, for example, we have to talk about Laura Linney's character. Okay. So we've, uh, Sarah? We, we have discussed the Liam Neeson boy arc. We should go on record. We have said it. This is the most redeeming part of this movie. Only redeeming part of this movie. Uh, Yeah. So when you say Laura Linney, I'm like, I, I can't remember. I can remember two things about this character. character. Yeah. I mean, it's basically like she hooks up with a coworker. Yep. Yeah. Abigail Adams hooks up with the Xerxes. And that's it. It's it. Because her brother has a, some sort of mental illness. Unclear. Right. We don't develop that at all. Yeah. And that prevents her from pursuing her relationship or staying connected to this budding relationship with her coworker mm. who she's allegedly loved for more than two years. Mm. So what is love actually sacrificing your happiness and your interest in romance and connection for, in order to be a caregiver? Is that love actually, <clears throat> or is love actually just like boning your coworker, <laughs> but not moving forward with any of it because 
you don't have time like right. what part like, of that is actually love well if you think about like what is the love actually moment for the each of these right. pairs couples it's like so the love actually moment is just hooking up with your coworker. that is the that or is, the love actually moment is a, such an old storyline of you know giving women this idea that no actually you have to give up mm. what you want to be the supportive caregiver in your family and that is how you express love actually Man. with that familial caregiving love and not just trying to hook up with your coworker because that make you a dirty dirty girl was this film written by a white man or what <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got nothing to say about xerxes and abigail adams because I, I don't remember i, mean, I like, couldn't honestly remember if they had sex or not i had mm, to look it up oh wait yeah i was like well, did they, they were, hook up did they not hook up they the were, phone was ringing i don't know i got bored they were going to, and then Xerxes is sitting there with his shirt off and his tidy greenies or whatever. Tidy greenies. His underwears. <laughs> while Abigail Adams answers the phone. Not uh, a vibe. For some... Yeah, just turn the ringer off, dude. Definitely not a vibe. Yeah. So, we don't want to run out of time before we talk so about we're, the... We're halfway through. We're fine. Atrocious. Most atrocious. Oh, Yeah. I mean, we could glance over Bill Nye and his producer. That was that just seemed. Uh, I mean, that was. So I mean, love actually is the friend slash producer that sticks by your side when you've taken, you're successful. You've taken for granted your entire life and career, and talk crap about his body yep. on radio shows. On radio show, mm-hmm. and then once you realize that you're old and no one wants to be with you. You Once you realize fall back that to who's still there, you are no longer cool enough to hang out with the cool kids, rock star. Then you fall back on your trusty yeah. manager that you verbally abused. Oh yeah, amazing! Um, That's love, actually. Uh, theory, fan theory, is that if he would have sold a million records with that song, he would have not paid that man one time, one ounce of daylight, not in a million years trash bag yep number four mm-hmm. all right um so okay we talked about the horny brit did we talk about him no not really there's you know why because there's nothing there he's horny game. he wants to have sex he flies to america and does that's that is the it's hard to figure out which of these arc which of these story threads are the least worthy of love actually this so love one. actually in that story is if you can't find love where you are, go someplace where you are considered attractive mm. um, and those. then bring those people back and some and one for your friend. Right. That is love, actually. Like, you do not have to develop internally love any sort ac- of charm or personality <laughs> or do any self-improvement. Just go where you're a novelty. Go where you're a novelty. Go to Wisconsin. Is that where you went? Yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, so just fly to Milwaukee with your British accent. Yep. Go into a bar yep. and have sex with four women. Yeah. There's, yeah. You know, that's love actually. Okay, that was easy. You know. Um. Oof, now, these are the top three. What's the three that are left? It's hard to choose if we're to vote most awful, egregious storyline do you want to go with uh rick from walking dead i don't know what that is he was the andrew lincoln's character the keir knightley one he oh. was in love with elizabeth swan so 
Um, like he's the best man at his friend's wedding. He's the best friend, best man, best friend to yep. this man. He is allegedly in love with his best friend's now wife. Now wife. Who he is only and always mean to. <laughs> so much so that his best friend has to be like, my wife is calling you to ask you a thing. Be nice to her. So they've never spent any time together. He is only ever mean to her. Mm. Um, thus perpetuating the story of like, when men don't know what to do and they like someone, they're mean to you. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Ew, gross. Um, and then he goes behind his best friend's back and professes adoration minimally, borderline obsession well, yeah, with a woman he, he doesn't know anything about. Yeah. Because well, he's never spent any time with her. Yeah. Well, I, I was we first meet them at the wedding, right? Yep. And then he is the unofficial videographer. Like he just takes video. He's like, then take video of his best friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. So why I hate this so much, so much is because he organizes this grand romantic gesture, mm. which I hate. I hate them so much. Like they're exiting, they're wa- they get married, they're walking down the aisle, or like they're walking out of the church, and one of the dudes, like their friends, is singing "All You Need Is Love." Doesn't help that it's a Beatles song. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really trying. <laughs> and it's like one dude in the balcony is singing and then like people stand are, up in the audience and who all have fucking brass brass instruments, saxophones and trombones and some other idiot just with a guitar and like this is so like uh cheese tastic. Uh, so cheese tastic. You know, it, it's the for me that's the grand romantic gesture is the most empty of all gestures. You know what would have made this better? What? If there's that scene at the party or somewhere no, the wedding that Laura Linney's character was also at. Uh, and she says to him, are you in love with him? It would have been better if he was. Yes. It would have been a better story if, if he was in love with his best friend. Right. Who was, like that, I could have felt something around and been like, okay, I get it. You've spent your whole life mm-hmm. being friends with this man. You are his best man in this wedding. This is actually torture for you. Right. You love him. That is a great story. That, That's a great movie. That is something that they have to deal with. That could be love, actually. Oh, my God. And um, especially if, like, yeah, I mean, I got nothing. You're right. And then, like, she, like, when the scene when his friend calls him, is like, be nice to her. She wants to talk to you. She wants video footage of the wedding. Because, I don't know, the professional was bad at it or something. I don't know. And it turned like, so she comes over and he's all embarrassed. He's like, don't watch it. Don't watch it. Oh, it's so embarrassing. And it's like, it's just like all he videotaped was her. Close-ups on her. Very few wide shots. Yep. And she is slowly realizing. Well, as I'm watching it, is she like slowly realizing that he is going to skin her and wear her skin as a suit? He's like, oh my God, I'm not getting out of this apartment. He is going to murder me. Well, I would be like, what? You are mean to me. You don't talk to me. You're a weirdo. Yeah. You are a psychopath. You're a psychopath. And then the, probably the most iconic thing from this movie is the stupid ass scene in in the end. And that's the worst part. So this storyline isn't the worst storyline, but what makes it higher on the list of like 
this isn't love actually top three number two would you call it number two probably what what makes it worse is so love actually is lying to your best friend macking on his wife and sneaky showing up with another grand gesture of Mm. cue cards of love profession standing outside their shared flat door what just crossing your fingers that your best friend doesn't come around the corner while you have all of this like mushy shit or when she runs after him and kisses him on the mouth hole disgusting disgusting and that's love actually like it no no No. and and then this becomes the clip like if you google love actually right now right the clips that are going to come up, see I'll the, do it. the images that will come up is of that man standing there with those cue cards that she's reading silently. Yeah, it is absolute garbage. Um, let's see. Most are the movie poster, the DVD. Okay. Now, when I get to the pictures of stills from the movie, number one is Hugh Grant and the woman waving at the, on the stage after they're caught kissing. Second one is Hugh Grant being caught dancing. <laughs> Third one is Rick from Walking Dead with the cards. Mm. Top three. Yeah, no. yeah. it is so creepy and gross. And please, I want anyone who defends this to say, okay, tell me your best friend secretly professes their love to your significant other. And then your significant other runs, runs after out. them and smooches them five weeks after your wedding tell me you learned this on your fifth anniversary and you're cool with this and you're like oh I'm that's gonna, so romantic i'm gonna call you a liar and that's a, the love actually you're a liar no no and you're a liar you're a liar yeah that's awful mm-hmm. it's awful and i th- it's it, lying actually it's lying actually <laughs> i love that all right i think i know love what, actually is lies actually. lies throne of lies <laughs> i think I don't actually know which storyline you hate the most. Um, which storyline do you hate the there's most? Two, there's two left. I probably hate that one the most. I don't even hate the horny Brit because there's like so little there. Yeah, I think I think the the Keira Knightley one I hate the, the most. The best friend betrayal. Yeah, it's just awful. It's a one's nightmare. So there's, there's two left. There's the Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson, mm-hmm. and then there's the Colin Firth one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I might hate the Colin Firth one more. Nah. Hate it. Hate it so much. I don't hate that one. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think that there is, granted, very minimal because this movie really doesn't. This this movie, like the song that they are promoting in the entire movie where they're basically like, eh, it's a Christmas song. It's going to make a million bucks. <laughs> it's like, this movie is like, meh, it's a Christmas movie. It's going to make a million bucks. Like and It's like, what's the line the producer says in the beginning through the sound booth? He's like, Bill Nye is like, this is shit. He's like, yep, solid gold shit. Solid gold shit. Because we're just using the holiday as a catalyst. So it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this movie. I can get away with it because it's a Christmas movie. And so we're all going to be, it's no different than people being like, I'm going to entertain this subpar human that I'm actually not really into. And they're not into me because it's Christmas time. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, So it's like, oh, because it's Christmas and we're going to lean on the Christmas energy. We can get away with crap. However, in this relationship Mm -hmm. he does there is some time that passes and he attempts to learn portuguese it's true so that i mean 
did he need to propose to her? No, that seemed a little out of control. But essentially, the character goes away to write. He goes to France? Yes. To write his book and hires someone to to be his ha- live-in housekeeper. Be- no, housekeeper, not live-in. Yeah. So, yeah, comes and cooks and cleans. Because and- driving in silence is the best part of their days. Well, it happens a lot in this movie. And then you know what? Maybe marriage is for them. Well. If they love s- driving each other places in silence. Sometimes driving in silence is the shit. Marriage just might be for you. Driving in silence <laughs> might be love, actually. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I think you're right. I might be. So... He is attracted to her. She is attracted to him, but they don't speak. She doesn't speak English. He doesn't speak Portuguese. So there's a lot of like attempt at communication, but not communication. You can see subtitles. They're not really communicating verbally. Yeah. I would say as someone who operates in the field of energy, Mm. you can fall for someone, have a spark with someone Without being able to verbally communicate. Like, there are other ways of communicating energetically. Would I be proposing to someone I'd never verbally communicated with? Or maybe even just, like, written down or gotten a translator or something? Probably not. But the saving grace of this particular relationship vignette is that he does attempt to learn her language yes. so he can communicate with her. Right. And then he learns that she is actually not from Portugal. She's from like Argentina and like just spouting off Nazi propaganda. It's like, oh, this is what you were saying the whole time? Well, then I'm going back to England. Amazing. Oh, my God. Amazing. I just, I am thinking about that storyline and I don't know why they like each other. I, I mean, honey... I could say that about a lot of people in right. this world. But I mean, in a movie where you need We're, to think... You, you have, need to believe that like, they like each other. You need. You have very little time. Well, she's, she had a little tattoo above her butt and had some cutesy underpants on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so... I mean, they're, like in a movie, you have how many seconds to let me know who these people are and what could possibly be interesting for and about each other. Mm-hmm. She like saves all his pages that get blown into the lake mm-hmm. and he has to get down to her skivvies to do it of course of course he didn't he barely took off his sweater anyway hey, well. um i just don't know why they like each other um and i think there was a fat shaming thing in that scene too because the dad either the dad because he's he like rustles up her family to find her and she's at work to propose um and god she, I don't know, either her or the father was like, referenced her as the thin one mm-hmm. because the, her sister was heavier. Mm-hmm. A lot of fat shaming. It's, it's a lot of just body yeah. conversations that didn't need to be there. Yeah. That were supposed to be played off as humor, but Ugh. yeah, gross. All right. Now. The worst. The worst. Now, here's the thing. is I think it's the worst and maybe the best. This is crazy. Why is it the worst? It's the Alan Rickman. It's the. Hans Gruber and Professor Trelawney storyline. Why do we have to say Hans Gruber? Why is it on Snape and Trelawney? Fine. Okay. Are you happy now? Yep. Good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they're married, right? Yep. And this For a long time, th- seventeen years. This is like if you were if you had to pick 
one other arc to make a movie out of, this would have been a more interesting one. Sure. Right. The reason this is the worst, though. Go for it. Is because the movie is called Love Actually. Okay. This is not love, actually. Now, okay. Why? Because there isn't, you know, this isn't about, well, first of all, this is yet another plot that doesn't wrap up in any way. Yeah. I mean, my guess, it's vaguely implied that it is, I thought. Vaguely implied that she's just dealing with being pissed at him for all of time. Oh, no. I read it at the end, like, because she greeted him and was like, you know, glad you're back or whatever. Like, he was obviously like, she and the kids met him at the airport because mm-hmm. every half of the cast from the movie was on the same flight. Yeah. And so he meets her in the airport. They have this kind of cold greeting. They like kiss on the cheek and say hello. And it's like, it's good that you're back. I took that as like, they are donezo. And like, she's like happy that he's back for the kids because maybe the kids missed him. Like, in my brain, they have divorced, and they're in the middle of a breakup, and they're trying to be amicable, and maybe she's happy, like, because the kids want him there. I don't think so. You think? We don't know. Right. That's what I'm saying. There's no actual resolution. Is this this supposed to be this uh, writer's version of, like, the spinning top from Inception, where, like, we're supposed to make it up as we... I don't like it. I mean, at the very least, at least this is giving us something to talk about. So, at least it's a interpretation we could make. Sure, everything else is very not not. It's very bad. There's at least that there. Very two D. So, so you keep going. So okay, Alan Rickman's character has a flirtatious back and forth with his assistant with some sort at of work. Assistant sex goblin. Great. She is overtly pursuing him to the point where she cheesily wears devil horns. I know. Did you get that? It was subtle. Oh, you know, he's going to dance with the devil at their Christmas party where his wife's across the room. Gross and gross. Tempting him like the devil. It was pretty, it was hard to to catch if you weren't looking for it. It's so annoying. I can't even. Um, And so he is awkward with her. We don't think they slept together, but there's still like the overt flirting and he is her boss and gross. He then purchases her a necklace, which Emma Thompson finds in his coat jacket, thinks it's for her, and then wakes up Christmas Eve or they open a present on Christmas Eve and it's a CD. Joni Mitchell CD. Which I'm sure she already has because she was like, I've literally been listening to Joni Mitchell my whole life. I love her. I mean, this is like the movie had a setup and a payoff at least. I mean, the payoff would have been that Emma Thompson actually loves some woman that she met at the school pickup line and they run off together in the sunset. That would be more fun because then... So this whole thing okay. revolves around the necklace. We never see Alan Rickman give the secretary the necklace. We just see her put it on alone. The woman puts it on? Yeah. In her apartment. I don't remember that. In like underpants and a tank top. Well, yeah, that's how you put on jewelry. So that's how I put on jewelry. We see that. And then we don't see her again until mm. Hugh Grant's character is looking for his secretary, but is at the wrong house. So all the oh, secretaries right. live in the dodgy end of London, oh, by the way. That's hilarious. On the same road. The same. They're neighbors. It's so so ridiculous. It is funny. Uh, 
now here's why I like this this wrap this end for two reasons. One, I like it because people are often mad at the character for the choice the character made in the story, not for like the filmmakers for what they had the characters do. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you look at like you know, later start the the new Star Wars trilogy. Sometimes mm-hmm. people are like, oh, why did the why did JJ do this? Why do they have this yeah. character do this? As opposed to like, I'm mad at I'm mad at the character for what they did, which I think is good, like storytelling. And I think that ha- I mean, I, I compare it to in Avengers: Infinity War when Star Lord they're trying to get the gauntlet off Thanos mm-hmm. and Mantis has him under some sort of spell. Star-Lord realizes that he killed Gamora and like starts punching him in the face and he wakes up and like they were th- they were so close to getting that gauntlet off his hand but he made a stupid choice mm-hmm. and you know the team kind of suffered the consequences. No one no one is like, "Oh, Russo brothers, why did you do that? That was so dumb." It's like, "No, we're mad at the character." I'm going to tell you the difference. Okay. Okay. We had like we were invested in the Star Lord Gamora Thanos storyline mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons, right. and that was not something that we were emotionally invested in because we have had a relatable experience. Mm. I have never been like, oh my god. You know, my my brother had to punch this god in the face because he was angry and and my brother made the wrong choice. And I'm pulling on that emotional memory. Mm-hmm. The only reason that we're mad at Alan Rickman for this mm-hmm. is because this probably has happened so many times right. in real life. Who doesn't know someone who's partner or a friend has been a part of this kind of Mm -hmm. love triangle where there's is it cheating is it not cheating is it emotional infidelity is he you know he's going out on a limb emma thompson says in the movie when she catches him at the jewelry counter uh oh you know i would never think that you would buy me jewelry like we're 17 years into this at this point i've i've stepped out of that Mm you know, illusion. So how many married couples are out there where it's like the man's not thinking about like, how could I do this romantic thing? I'm just gonna, you know, go buy my wife a CD, Mm. but I can get creative and romantic when it comes to Mm. this side scenario that's going on. Like I can devote creativity to that. So I don't think that it's actually about, we haven't, we haven't seen these characters enough to actually care that much about Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman's marriage. The emotion right. is pulled well, yeah. from a precedent yeah. in real life. Mm-hmm. That is not true in yeah. with Star Lord and him punching right. Thanos in the face. We still we we still get mad at him. We maybe we get it. I but don't we're know. not really mad at him. At Star Lord? No, at Alan Rickman. Oh. We're not mad at Alan Rickman. We're mad at how oh, many times okay. this situation right. has yeah. happened. Yeah, he is just a stand-in for this scenario. We're not actually mad at... You're right. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, you know what else I like about it, though? I like that it's not a cheesy, happy ending. I like that there was one arc that didn't work out. Or it isn't, like, happily tied up with the bow as far as the romance. Like, did they get together? I like that. Yeah. I like... I mean, it caught me off guard. I was like, oh, shoot. This one might not work 
mm-hmm. and they have to do something about making it. Maybe the love actually is doing something so the kids can be around two happy adults. I don't know. I like that it didn't because like, okay, let's say he gets off the plane and she embraces him and they clearly have made up. Gross. Yeah, it's gross. At least if it's like there's some ambiguity or we know it doesn't work out. It's at least more relatable. It doesn't feel so forced, even though everything in this movie feels forced. I think I would have rather seen him be like, I made a mistake in giving you that necklace mm. to the woman at work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And asked for her to be transferred to another department. Oh, this is just an HR nightmare, this movie. Well, the whole movie is an HR nightmare. Whole movie. Yeah. Um, Love actually God. is a HR nightmare. You know, and there's so many moments. Uh, it made me think of The Graduate. <laughs> the end of The Graduate where Dustin Hoffman's character interrupts the girl's wedding and like steals her away and they they run out of the church and they hop on a bus. And it's it, the movie doesn't end with them like in the hat, like, look how happy we are. We did this wild and crazy thing. This is awesome. The movie actually ends with like the realization slowly settling in of what they have done and like what's ahead of them. Like mm-hmm. it's just starting to dawn on them. And I like that. And there is none of that in this stupid movie. Yeah. So for a better multiplot story, that's not centered around Christmas, but definitely around family. Go watch the 1989 Parenthood. <laughs> by, it's a Ron Howard directed I love it. that movie so much. It's, it's got Steve Martin, Wait, Rick Moranis. Wait, is there no Christmas in that movie? Steve Martin, Rick Moranis, uh, Mary Steenberger. Um, a lot of big... Thomas, the guy that played Amadeus, um, is in it. Um, Keanu Reeves is in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Diane Weist. Uh, uh, what was her the, name? Yeah, she was the young woman in Goonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't remember. Forget. Uh, they didn't try to remake that movie, did they? No, they made it into a TV show. Um, Craig T. Nelson was in it. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch most of it, but yeah, that's a better. It's a multi-plot, but it's it hits all like again. There's half the characters or half the character groups. So if you have that and put it in the hands of a competent director it's a really good movie i think it might be a christmas movie uh i would not be surprised if some of it took place at christmas time because wasn't there a a scene where like he's ruining the play like there's a there's a kid play i don't know if it was a nativity oh maybe but like they're dressed up as elves maybe oh wow maybe I don't know. Haven't seen it. Maybe we should watch it. Oh, we should watch Parenthood. Pa- Parenthood so and The Graduate. Are, it's amazing. Maybe that'll be our New Year's watching because we got some mad Christmas movies to make up on. We have a lot of Christmas movies to yeah. binge. Yep. And uh, we wasted our time watching this one. We definitely we'll did. We'll never watch it again. We will never watch it again. <laughs> we will never, ever, ever. This will be the gift to ourselves that keeps on giving. <laughs> we will never watch this movie again. Love Actually. Love Actually sucks. S- Dinks, actually. actually. Well, Merry Christmas from Mutual Victory. Merry Christmas. <laughs> this is Matt. This is Jeannie. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>